So many people have now started to ask questions beyond just the vaccines and the shots that were that were forced onto us. They're starting to ask questions about the childhood vaccines and then an even broader scope of this on what are the different toxicities and different poisons and ways that, you know, big food, not just big pharma, but big food, big ag, and all these different areas are also infiltrating our lives and our bodies and the way that um, our families are affected by all of this. So I am so very excited to have Zen Honeycutt from uh, the founding director from Moms Across America and the Neighborhood Food Network. We're going to talk about both. She is also the author of Unstoppable. Mainly, we're going to focus in on the study of the toxicities found in school lunches. This isn't meant to scare you uh, moms and parents out there, but just to inform you and to, to educate you on the different levels of glyphosate roundup and such that they found in this study. And then we'll talk about how you can take ownership of how you feed your family through the Neighborhood Food Network. So we're going to talk to Zen Honeycutt coming up. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Hi, Zen. Welcome to the show. We are so excited to, to finally have you on as you're a friend of We the Patriots USA. Welcome. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you to all your listeners and viewers, too. I really appreciate being here. Have you, before we dive into this discussion, have you seen an uptick in interest in what you guys at Moms Across America have been doing? You, you've you been warriors for years now, but I think that so many people are starting to also want to be warriors alongside you. Yes, almost 11 years now. I cannot believe it. This is not what I set out to do. I was a former fashion designer. I was an artist and fashion designer, and then I was a um, a natural product and entrepreneur. I had a lavender based company and then my kids got all, they all got sick and like millions of moms and dads across America, you know, I did not know what to do. I did not know why. So I dove into the food supply, GMOs and glyphosate. And then along the way, we, st we initiated the glyphosate testing in America, right on our children's mm -hmm. urine and tap water and breast milk. And then somebody, maybe somebody like you or one of your viewers posted the ingredients of vaccines. And we said, wait a second, there's, GMO ingredients in there, like, you know, derived from animals that were fed GMOs. And we know that glyphosate, which is sprayed on GMOs, it's in, it's in Roundup. Um, I saw the ingredients and saw that if there were GMOs in there, there were likely, there was likely glyphosate in the, the vaccines. And so we tested five childhood vaccines and they all came back positive for glyphosate. So that had a sort of crossover into bridge into the world of health freedom and of course, we became vocal about the safety or the lack of safety of vaccines. So we have friends now from also from the wireless radiation, um, you know, cause that movement and GMOs and glyphosate and the environment toxins in the environment. And of course, toxins and vaccines as well. So, yes, our movement is growing and we are so proud and happy to have thousands of volunteers across the country to have groups around the world to have spoken around the world, to have been in over a dozen international movies around the world. 
it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's something that you can't stop. You can't stop moms and dads who are passionate about the care of their kids. And, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep going. Absolutely. I myself, a mother of, of two very small children, you know, the journey that you just described there is very reflective of mine. And so I know that it's very reflective of so many people's out there. And you just started your journey a little bit sooner than many people um, lately have. And that's okay. We're here to meet you where you're at. And that's why we're here to, to help educate people on this podcast. So I want to dive into the school lunch testing program and people can head to momsacrossamerica.com to, to see this article themselves. But I think it is very important that we bring this to light for our listeners and our viewers. And, you know, the subheadline here is 30 million genetically modified school meals are served in America daily to our children. Yes. And that's just, were you alarmed at the, uh, you know, the numbers and this, the data that you got back from the study? Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, we expected there to be glyphosate sure. because we've, you know, long been testing for glyphosate in our school lunches, but we didn't expect 95.3% of the school lunches to be positive for glyphosate because the grocery store testing, which was recently done by Detox Project and, G and previously GMO for USA, and even the FDA has tested finally, you know, now for glyphosate, um, their testing has shown mostly around 60% of grocery store food is positive for glyphosate. That's conventional, you know, grocery store food. Some organic is uh, contaminated as well, or there might be some fraudulent organic uh, going on, for instance, in um, protein powders was found to have, you know, almost the same levels of glyphosate in organic protein powders as there was in uh, conventional. And that is clearly fraud. But when there's very low levels, that's just contamination of glyphosate, like rain and tap water. Um, so, but yeah, so 95%, 95.3% uh, of school lunches were, were positive for glyphosate. 74% were positive for other toxic chemicals, uh, toxic pesticides, about 29 different types of other pesticides are in the school lunches. And nobody, nobody knows what, what those are doing synergistically. Like when they combine, we all know baking soda and vinegar, when they come together, you know, in our ch children's volcano projects, mm -hmm. they do something right. But yeah. we don't know what all those 29 different, you know, plus glyphosate, 20, sure. 30 different pesticides are doing in the school lunches. We also found a hundred percent of them positive for heavy metals. And some of the levels were close to 7,000 times higher than what the EPA allows in water. Wow. So really disturbing levels of lead and cadmium, mercury and arsenic in our children's school lunches. And these cause permanent and, you know, lifetime long um, mental impairment that some of them do. They're very difficult to detox. And then we found high levels of veterinary drugs and hormones. And these are the kinds of veterinary drugs that cause, for instance, cows to lactate. And oh, quite a long time ago, one of my friends who is a school high school counselor told me, Zen, these kids, man, they are SOL, right? They are, <laughs> they are out of luck, you know, yeah. and they, they are it messed up. They have a lot of problems. And she said one of her girls, I mean, the, you know, depression and anxiety and you know, all these things going on. One came in one day and said that she was standing in the shower and she suddenly started lactating. A 15-year-old wow. girl suddenly started lactating. And she said she wasn't on birth control pills. She wasn't pregnant. She just was going through this very weird hormonal thing. And, um, and at the time, I was baffled. I was like, why would that be happening? But now that I can see that there's over 100 parts per billion 
of growth hormones, veterinary drugs and growth hormones in the, the meat that's being served for our kids. I mean, this is not 0.2. This is over a hundred and something, you know, yes. the levels. And so the, the tech, the um, technicians at the lab were shocked by this. They, they had not seen such high levels before. And so now I, now I believe we know why hormonal changes like that are happening to our, our girls. And when I wonder what's happening to our boys and their reproductive organs, you know, that's such an alarming testimony that you shared there are, are our schools, you know, obviously they're, you know, ordering in bulk, they're getting these from big food suppliers um, and such. Are they getting their food supply from somewhere else than, than we are from the grocery store? You know, what's the breakdown on how they're getting this food? Well, the, the problem is nobody really knows the sources because sure. there's so many that go to, you know, different distribution centers and they combine them all together. But what they're going to do is source the cheapest and the cheapest is going to be the lowest grade, right? It's going to be from the farms that uh, maybe they don't monitor perhaps as much how much how many chemicals are spraying because it's not going to, let's just say Kellogg's, like they've initiated a uh, campaign where um, for their sustainable program, you know, the farmers can't spray glyphosate on their mm -hmm. wheat, right? And they have a certain, you know, that's for their organic or the regenerative sure. organic cereal boxes. Well, there's other farmers that aren't going to apply for that program. They're going to spray whatever they want and they're going to sell it to the companies like Aramark that make school lunches, right? That's one of the big, mm -hmm. or, you know, Cargill or you know, these big companies that make uh, mass quantities of food. And, and I would assert this probably isn't going on in just in school lunches. It's probably going on in senior center homes and hospital grade, food, you know, children's sure. wards of hospitals and military food as well. Like these are big industries mm -hmm. of food. And we would like those, we would like to test those as well. Yeah. So if your viewers know anybody who has some funds set aside that really wants to transform the food supply, we are looking for, it's a thousand dollars per test to test for everything that we tested for, um, including, and that's not even any money going to moms across America. That's mm -hmm. just the last, testing. you know, mm -hmm. to testing. And, um, and we also tested for minerals, and when you mentioned these big company, you know, these big agrochemical companies, that's what's happening is they are spraying these agrochemical agrochemicals on their GMO crops and or just as a drying agent, glyphosate can be sprayed as a drying agent and it diminishes the amount of minerals and vitamins in anything it touches. So what we're seeing is nu nutriently deficient food that's being fed to our children as well. Very low in minerals, um, especially very low in copper. And that one was... Um, concerning because what you'll see in most children with autism is an imbalance of copper and zinc, according to the pediatricians that I talked to, like Stephanie Seneff and I mean, uh, like Michelle Perrow and scientist mm -hmm. Stephanie Seneff. Um, so, so the imbalance of, of copper and, you know, other minerals in the food are, it, it's all, it's very concerning because with, without proper minerals and vitamins, our children cannot have the brain function to make good decisions. And I've, I've got more stories about that as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. And just basically, you know, whether you're talking about when you're talking about behavioral or decision making or, or logic, but then, you know, just adding on top of that, just the basic learning that they're supposed to be doing in school yes. and how they're not nutritionally set up to, to prosper in that environment. And, you know, you're talking about school. So you're talking about a long day that they're there at school for, you know, upwards of seven to nine hours that they're at school needing to, to concentrate. And so many children too, that are on these, you know, it's a high percentage, you know, some people listening might be like, okay, well, 
that's fine. People just have send their kids lunch with them. You know, people bring their lunches to school, but the, there's such a high percentage of children that are on the school lunch programs. Yes. In some schools, it's 70%. And for mm -hmm. some of those schools, I mean, for some of those children, that's the only food they're going to eat that day. America has a huge portion of our population that is in poverty. We've driven cross country six times. We have seen parts of America that are just, you know, they're just devastating. It's, it's, we really have a problem on our hand in America and it's, it's not just the food supply, it's a lack of good jobs. Mm -hmm. And we need a government that is going to support, you know, creation of jobs. It's, it's super important because with, without, you know, a proper income, the parents can't even think about buying organic food. You know, we, we know that's a problem. We're not trying to say, oh, everybody should eat organic just because we, we're, we're delusionally, you know, thinking that everybody's an elitist and can afford it. But we want at least if somebody's going to buy food from the 7-Eleven or whatever, that it's not filled with poison. You know, if your child can only eat food at school, it should not be filled with poison. So we want everybody to have access to safe food. And it is ridiculous that our government is not making it a priority because they are literally diminishing the future of our country. These are our future leaders, you know, absolutely by, by not paying attention to this. We've had the, the head of Homeland Security say and, and the head of, you know, four star generals have have written in articles years ago that the school lunch issue is a national security issue. They have now have I think it's like 19 percent of the people that apply to be in the military now can actually get in qualify because the other percentage, the, the rest of them are either, you know, have mental incapacity or they're obese or they have sickness, illness, you know, celiac disease and all kinds of things that makes them that make them in, uh, unqualified to be in the military. So we're at a 44 percent capacity in our military that, that we, we are a weakened nation That's because annoying. there are toxins in our food supply. It, I mean, it, come it, on now. Let's get it together and clean yes. up. Yes. And it's controllable. It's another one of those instances where we're talking about we're hurting ourselves from within. And, you know, the government steps in in school lunches and has throughout history in so many ways about the nutrition uh, requirements that they set up. You know, we can argue all day long on whether or not those are actually um, appropriate or accurate, too. But um, it, it just goes to show that, you know, the government can step in and demand, you know, quality control over this. So what, what are the ways that people listening can help moms across America, you know, infiltrate or not infiltrate, but implement, excuse me, these, yeah. these, you um, want to infiltrate uh, the school changes. system. Yes. <laughs> I meant implement that too. Yeah. We see plenty of moms go to the school boards and, you know, things like Absolutely. that. Get on the PTA. No. So yeah. So yeah, get on the PTA, talk to your school, um, food director. There is a food director that's a head that's in charge of ordering the food from your for your school and um, start having conversations about them at, at least in getting local fresh fruits and vegetables because the one study came out from Alliance uh, Heartland um, Health, uh, Heartland Research Alliance. Uh, it's it's uh, run by Charles Benbrook. And he showed that if we just replaced our, organ our fruits and vegetables with organic fruits and vegetables, we would eliminate 98% of the pesticides that we consume. Now that doesn't include glyphosate because that's mm -hmm. a whole nother ball of wax, right? They spray it as a drying agent on wheat and peas and grains and beans. It gets into the meat, it gets into the dairy, all that, but just the other fruits and, you know, other pesticides that are on fruits and vegetables. So, you know, asking the school director to source locally for the apples and the, you know, the other fruits that are in, if you can, if you're in that type of region, 
Um, and then we have a link on our blog to please email the FDA, FDA and um, your senator and your representatives about this. I mean, what senator or representative is not going to want to, you know, support a bill that has that puts forth, you know, safer school lunches. So we are working on that with um, one senator in particular, and we're hoping that that will come out soon and we will be able to, you know, push push that out more. But it's sign up for the Moms Across America email list. So that when that bill is out, we can have people telling both Republican and Democrats that, uh, you know, that this is something that needs to be done and our kids need safe school lunches. Absolutely. This is a uh, issue for everyone. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are on. And I think most people can align together and, and unify over this, you know, you mentioned the expense in, in all of this. And I think that so many people um, feel that on their own grocery bill with buying organic. And it definitely, you would assume that that would also, you know, relate over to this with school budgets and things like that. But so much of school budgets are supplemented and, you know, supported by the government. Yes. Well, it could be supplemented and supported by a school garden too. There are True. plenty of schools mm -hmm. that grow garden that have gardens and that grow plenty of their own vegetables. I don't know if you've ever planted lettuce, but once you start planting mm -hmm. lettuce, you have lettuce out the wazoo when it's ripe. I mean, you have to give it away to your neighbors. You know, you can't preserve it. And it so. keeps coming back. And it keeps coming back. You, you pick the outside leaves. Mm -hmm. You don't just chop the whole thing down. You pick the outside leaves and you've got lettuce going on for months. So, um, and, and kids love growing their own food. And mm -hmm. so you could be that parent to say, hey, let's get together, you know, four other parents and start a school garden. You could also go to our website, the Neighborhood Food Network. It's neighborhoodfoodnetwork.com. And you can check that out and see how you could start growing food on your own street. And the way this came about was um, I was inspired by the Neighborhood Crime Watch program. I don't know if you're aware yes. of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that program, you get together um, at least one representative from 50% of the household. So at least half of the households on the street have to be involved and committed. And you have a you host a meeting at your house and two policemen or women come out and um, they do a presentation on preventing crime, like, you know, not having shrubbery in front of your, you know, different th lighting, different mm -hmm. ways to prevent crime, you know, happening in your neighborhood and also pre uh, emergency preparedness, which I was mm -hmm. surprised about. And yeah. they said in that meeting that you have to have at least two weeks of not only food, but water. And most people don't have that, I don't think, because the, most people don't realize that when the power goes out during an emergency, whether it's a fire or an earthquake or whatever, there's no water pumping through the pipes. Mm -hmm. There's no electricity, right? So I started thinking about emergency preparedness and what we would, what would we do? And then with all of these different, you know, food shortages and food price hikes and different things going on, I said, hang on a second. We we've we don't want the decisions that define our our survival or whether or not you know whether or not we survive or whether or not we thrive to be based uh, on Wall Street decisions. Mm -hmm. we, we want our survival or the, whether or not we thrive to be based on our the decisions we make on our street. And so I created the Neighborhood Food Network, inviting people to get fly, print out the flyers on the website and go out in person. Now, some people do post something on Facebook and you can gather people there, but we do encourage you to go in person and go door to door and invite your neighbors to come to your house, say on a Saturday morning for bagels and coffee you know, something simple mm -hmm. and get them together and show them the planning things that we have on our website. Talk about, hey, if there is a power shortage and, you know, the grocery stores are empty and 
you know, it's, it, it, which is a real thing. It has yes. been happening. It's likely to happen even more and more. Um, you know, we were thinking it'd be a good idea to have somebody growing a plot of sweet potatoes, somebody else who's really grow, growing tomatoes, have them grow the tomatoes, have somebody else grow a lot of squash, you know, like just whatever you like to grow, grow a lot of that. And then we'll all share. Right. And we'll swap. And, and, and how so wonderful that brings people together too, in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. It bridges the political divide. I mean, really, mm -hmm. you don't care if somebody is a, a rep Republican or a Democrat or whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, mm -hmm. if they're coming at you with a basket full of peaches, right? Exactly. You, you do not care. So, you know, and, and the good news is about it is you connect with your neighbors. And if there is a power outage and there's a shortage of food, I don't know if you've read the book one second after. Um, no. Foresight, very, very good book. But if there is a power outage, you, you want your neighbors to be your partners, mm -hmm. not your enemies, right? It only takes nine missed meals, according to preppers, for a person to resort to violence to feed their family. Mm -hmm. As a mom, I might say five, right? <laughs> yeah, no so, kidding. So, I, would, I would maybe say two. <laughs> maybe two, yeah. So, you know, so you want your neighbors to be your partners instead of a threat, you know, to instead of being a threat, you want to be working together. You want to share too. You know, if you have it, you want to be able to share so, um, so we encourage people to go to neighborhoodfoodnetwork.com, print out the flyers, pass out those flyers, plan a meeting now because spring is coming up. You're going to be mm -hmm. wanting to, to buy those seeds now and start your, your gardens now, you know, in an, in another month or two and uh, cold season planning can start as early as February or March in many places. And, um, so, you know, you want to start planning that now. So you get to know, and, you know, out of 40 households, I had seven Mom's doctors, yeah, mom's doctors and scientists working together to heal our children. So it's, it's, you know, the dialogue is really fun. It, oh, that's so fun. And people listening to us, you know, you can take, whether you have kids or not, you can take these steps yourself and it's, it's fun and it's empowering and we appreciate the work that you're doing. And I want to remind people they can head over to we, the Patriots, USA.org to help support our efforts and what we're doing to, to help parents and, and things that we're doing in the public schools and also that we are now, you can catch us twice a week here on Faithful Freedom on Wednesdays and Fridays. Thanks, Zen. Very cool. Thanks.